Welcome to Planner Lifestyle Podcast. This is your host, Jessica McWilliams, and this is a special Valentine's Day episode, which was, of course, recorded on February 14th, and it is airing or being published on February 15th, 2019, and I have a very special guest with me today, and it is my husband, Peter. Well, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being on my show. Welcome. This is kind of a fun date. It's pretty cool. A little unusual, perhaps. Super unusual. It's taking the let's stay home and let's have an evening in to a different level. Big time. Yeah. Okay, so as you can picture, I am set up in my walk-in closet, aka my studio, and my husband's across the room with his gaming headphones, which I usually borrow, so I have now been demoted to one earbud. (laughs) Anyways, what's going on, Pete? What's new? Well, not a lot. The newest thing for me is uh, I'm doing a silly workout challenge. With two old college friends of mine. What makes it silly? Well, maybe because we're adults and we're doing a workout challenge. Um, Challenges are all the rage. I suppose. Well, this one, uh, it's primarily to help my friend Matt get back into shape after having uh, various carpal tunnel and arm surgeries. Oh, I'm glad you followed it up with his surgeries because I think, yeah, it's primarily to help Matt get back in shape. I was like, I mean, and yourself. Well, mostly Matt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so what is the challenge essentially? Because it doesn't have to do with a specific workout, rather your frequency and what happens as a consequence when you miss a workout. Will you explain that? Sure. So it's the th- it's three of us doing this. and. We have agreed to work out three times per seven-day period, right? So three times a week. Uh, No rules around when. Uh, It could be three days in a row. I suppose it could even be two in one day, but that might be weird. Uh, Anyway, do three workouts. If you miss, then you have to put $5 per workout that you miss into a pot. And we're going to, since there's three of us, we're just going to put it all into one little account, I guess. And then we'll figure out what to do with it at the end. Have they voiced what they would like to do with it? No, not yet. It originally was going to be two of us, so we're just going to pay each other. Mm-hmm. And as soon as there was a third, it seems kind of weird how, like, who would get paid. So we're going to put it into a pot together. Maybe we use it to you know, get together and do something. Maybe we oh, yeah. give it away to a somewhere. I know. When I first heard of that, I was like, oh, you could give it to charity. But then I was thinking on those days you didn't want to work out, it might be really tempting to be like, I'll just put the money in. It's for charity. Well, <laughs> it's for a good cause. <laughs> it's true, but not bad. Yeah. Still. Now, the third individual that joined you, he's going to be trying to do this workout challenge, but in India because he's traveling to pick up his daughter that they are adopting soon. So what kind of, I know you talked to him briefly about what kind of workouts he's going to try to squeeze in there. I mean, what counts for this kind of thing? Well, since the challenge is really a personal thing to get in shape, there's not a lot of rules about 
what you can and can't do. So, I mean, if you if all you can do is get out for a 15 minute walk, I think we're going to let that count because you're getting active, you're doing something. So, as far as uh, Chris and his trip to India, he was originally thinking he would need a pass, right? What does that mean? Well, like a pass day? No, like I'm going to be gone in India so I don't have to do my three workouts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and we said no. So he's going to do, I mean, there's lots of things you can do in a hotel room or a small space. Yeah, there you is. Do. <laughs> this is Valentine's episode. <laughs> Sorry. Nice. Uh, so he, body weight exercises, push-ups, jumping jacks, you know, that kind of thing. Um, we thought that on his plane flight, he could run up and down the aisles. <laughs> I suggested if it's a 747, he could run up and down the stairs. Uh-huh. Not alarming to anyone at all, I'm no, sure. I'm Just sure. a grown man running up and down the aisle. I'm sure he'll get a pass for the flight. Maybe some knee lifts. I mean, you have to like prevent blood clots anyway on such a long flight. Right. Anyways, so that's awesome. And then do you have a time duration or are you just? You know what? We don't. Well, when Matt and I first started talking about it, he suggested for the whole next year. And we've never really said no. And we've never really addressed it. So I'm going under the impression of the next year. Or until someone has to pay in like the full $15 a week for several weeks. And they're like, yeah, so... (laughs) Right. But yeah, the other it's part, good to have some accountability. Yeah, exactly. The other part that's pretty fun so far is that the, uh, I guess it's a rule, if you will, but uh, post-workout, you have to take a selfie and and text it to the other two along with what you did for your workout. And, you know, that's part of that's the accountability. Part of it is just fun. Um, and I'm taking those photos and putting them all into a, a kind of a photo album along the way. So it might be fun at the end of however long this is to see all the different pictures. Yeah, that's awesome. And none of you strike me as someone who's taking like a mirrored gym selfie of just your biceps or something like. No, not it, at like all. Obnoxious, you know. No. Like a bro shot in the gym. I mean, I don't know. I guess there's nothing wrong with that. It's just not my style. Right. Well, and, and each of us have different situations, right? So Matt has a a normal gym he goes to, and he's been doing um, classes and yoga and stuff since he's still recovering. Um, and so his his photos have all just been, you know, a shot of him kind of walking out of the gym, where Chris works out as his office, and so he's had a few shots in the gym, and I just work out at home. So I've been trying to get creative and I've set up the phone, my phone and taken pictures, you know, mid exercise or, you know, weird faces and stuff to make the other guys laugh, that kind of thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't work from home. So when you go to work, you bring with you a backpack. So it wouldn't be my regular show without a what's in your bag segment. So would you please tell us what is in your bag? Just a description of your everyday carry. Sure. Well, my, I actually have it right here. Um, my main backpack here is a Timbuktu backpack. I don't know what model it is. 
Uh, it's a pretty small backpack. It's a computer bag, and it's kind of meant to uh, almost turn into like a little briefcase. The straps can be tightened up, and it has a side carry handle. It does? I've never seen you carry it like that. Yeah, I don't really, but you can. That's cool. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so impressed. It's just another handle, but I'm just like, it what now? It's convertible. It's convertible. Okay, so our, as far as what's in it, the most important thing, maybe obvious thing, is my computer and its power cable. Gotta have those two things. Uh, right now, along with my computer, in the computer slot, I have all my tax documents. <laughs> Getting ready to send those in. And I've got really two, well, three main pockets. Okay, so we'll, we'll go biggest to smallest. In my big pocket, I have, let's see, I have a, I have a USB micro charging cable. I have a, a portable SSD hard drive, which for your listeners is a solid state drive. For my listeners, hey listeners, there's some techies out there. Give me a thumbs up if you knew what an SSD drive was before Peter told you. Right. <laughs> um, I also have a nifty HDMI to Apple Lightning cable adapter. And that is so I can hook up my phone to TVs when I travel and play videos. I have my... That's in your everyday carry? Yeah. Well, like, uh, when's the last time you traveled, though? <laughs> does it matter? I always have it, that I'm ready to go. Oh, where's that strip? It's like my little go bag. Um, I have my, bro- my bullet journal-ish thing. It's not really a full bullet journal, but... Uh, here, your, your people like this. It's a Rhodia notebook. Uh, and I, I prefer the dotted grid paper. So that's cool. Uh, Let's see, I have a like a computer toolkit in here. So I have a bunch of little like uh, various screwdrivers and things for really small things. I have my USB mouse. I have a long HDMI cable that, you know, pairs with that adapter I was just talking about. (laughs) Alright, let's get to the next pocket. (laughs) Okay. Next, I have Benadryl. I have <laughs> sunglasses. Getting exciting. I have my uh, EpiPen. I have a tactical flashlight. Sweet. And a variety of USB thumb drives, some business cards, a couple of pens. Okay, and you do actually like a good pen. I do. Let's see. This is my favorite one right now. It is a Jetstream, or I should ra- rather say Uni Jetstream 0.7. That's all it says on here. It's super nice though. Smooth, black. Yeah, 
Nice. I was gonna say at first, I'm like, oh, there's the difference between you and uh, my people is the color. The color would be important, but yep. Sure. Now, do you ever do the in the planner community? There's a big team black or team blue. Yeah. And rarely shall the two ever be on one page together. Is that important to you when you take notes and stuff? Or do you carry around a blue one too? Or does? No, I. I guess I would probably stick to one or the other. I don't know if I have a major preference. I generally have black. Um, I would not likely use both colors on one page. Uh-huh. Nice. That, that seems wrong. <laughs> I would use other colors though, like a With red color. or green or something like that, if I happened to have it. All right, well, thanks for letting us take a look inside your everyday carry. You mentioned that you had a bullet journal in there, but it wasn't not really a bullet journal. What did you mean by that? And do you actually do like the bullet journaling system or is it just for special occasions? What What's well, that about? So the bullet journal is a thing, right? And there's a website that outlines all of the different sort of rules or the concept anyway. And I guess I, I started with that probably a long time ago. And then I've you know, just tweaked it for what works for me. So, you know, I don't do, as an example, I think one of the things with bullet journals is you would every month create, uh, you know, the first page of the month and you'd sort of migrate all your not done tasks. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't really do that. It's just a lot. I, I used to, I tried it. It's just a ton of extra work that I don't have time for. So if I don't get something done, I just leave it where it is and ultimately can page back if I want. Um, I used to use this a whole lot more uh, in a previous role at my work where I was doing a lot more sort of management, a lot more um, just like sort of knowledge work around the business. And right now I'm in a role where I'm doing a lot more actual building and I'm a web programmer by trade, so a lot more of the actual work. And so I just, I don't have a lot of things that I need to actually keep track of. So I don't use it as often anymore. Being in the tech field and going to different conferences or just even being around your coworkers, how often do you see a paper planner or even paper notes during a meeting coming out? Well, with colleagues of mine, so others in the industry, it's very rare. Uh, most people have made the full change to, you know, digital. So a lot of people take notes, but it's going to be in, you know, Evernote, Docs, uh, Google Docs, that is, maybe even Word, um, other things like that. Uh, a lot of our clients, a lot of people I run into that we do work for, they will use paper quite a bit. So I don't know. I don't know if that has a, a lot to do with how technical someone is or not because there's there isn't a rule there that i think i always holds true but it seems that the less technical people are the more likely it is they'll have you know a paper a planner not ever (laughs) 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 how awesome would that be if you just go to like some new client like the ceo of a paper factory okay that's as Uh, like Dunder Mifflin right. and they just sit down and they pull out 
They pull out like a whole slew of colors. Traveler's notebook. Yeah, full of sparkly unicorns. That'd be sweet. Yeah, that would be sweet. Well, you mentioned a few apps that you use, like Evernote and Google Docs and so on, but do you actually use a certain app or program to track your schedule within your company? Like what do you how do you plan your day? Yeah, there's a lot of ways that I suppose that could be done. Um, I kind of default to, again, what's easy, because if it's easy, I'll stick to it. And so I just use Outlook, Microsoft Outlook, which is an, a combined email and calendaring program. And I use that primarily because we have uh, Microsoft services you know, for our email and calendaring through work. And so then I just use the same thing for my personal stuff. So my one calendar has all kinds of things in it. It has my work uh, appointments and meetings, and it has my personal things. And then I use a variety of color coding to differentiate. Um, you have a little bit of options, you know, as far as keeping things private, or um, you can mark them as shared with your team or private, so they stay that way. So do that. Right, and that provides the scaffolding to track and place your information, but how do you actually break down your time? Like, are you, I know you have a project that you're working on, like, okay, I need to build this. But are you, do you have free reign over like, okay, well, I have four hours. I'm going to just put my key, my fingers to the keyboard and just work, 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 work. Or is it like, okay, I'm going to take a half hour for this. Like, are you incrementing any type of yeah. work? I get what you mean. Um, right now, I don't have to do that as much because my priorities are pretty straightforward and I don't have a lot of variation throughout my day. Get right. it done. And, and it's like, <laughs> Yesterday. I'll have yeah. a variety of tasks to do for a particular project, but my time for the whole day is that project, let's say. So I in my work life, I have project managers that I work with that will control sort of the overall broad strokes, like this week or these few days we're going to work on a particular project. What I do myself in my calendar is I'll have individual calls or meetings that are sometimes recurring. Otherwise, so those are just are in there. But I'll block out times, you know, I might block out time for lunch if I want to, or I know I'm going to take a longer lunch. And that way, again, my colleagues or other people can see that I'm not going to be available for something. Or, you know, if I need, let's say, four hours of really focused time, I'll just put an appointment in my calendar and just call it, you know, personal time or project time, whatever I want to call it. And that it, it signifies, again, a space where other people can't book my time, but it also serves as a reminder for myself, you know, that I, that's where I'm going to spend my time. So you're kind of hedging in some margins to make sure that it doesn't get overlooked. Yeah. And then of course, on top of that, you can use the tools in Outlook to actually remind yourself so I can get, you know, a reminder, Hey, in 15 minutes, it's time to do this particular block of tasks, that kind of, that's what I need. Did you know I missed a meeting this no. week? Tuesday night. Oh my. See, this is It's in my it's in my planner. It was in my to-do list. Like it was in like I had a reminder from a friend like 
but I literally forgot to walk out the door. <laughs> well, see, that's one of the things I really appreciate about a digital calendar or digital tools. Um, doesn't have to be a calendar, I guess, but is the, cause I, like most people these days, I always have my phone. Um, it's just, mm -hmm. it's kind of a part of you, I guess. And you can let that be a time suck, but I, I try to use it as a, uh, as a tool again. And so it's great to have a thing pop up and say in 20 minutes, you have something to do. <laughs> and <laughs> walk out right. the door. Well, and you yeah. know, there's defaults. I think the default for most calendaring tools is 15 minute reminder. And I usually change that. Um, well, I leave it the same, like the, I leave that as the default, but for specific meetings, I will set that reminder, that initial reminder to make sure that I have enough time. So if I'm, if I have an early meeting at my office, I set it so it goes off with enough time where if I forget, I'll still have enough time to get, you know, get in my car and get to work to make the meeting. You know, 20 minutes wouldn't be enough in that sense. So I'll set it for a 45 minutes maybe for that particular meeting. Yeah, I wish, um, actually, I'll say I wish they had some sort of marriage between like my style of planning which is highly paper, highly decorative, and the digital, they actually do. A lot of people who have iPads are now basically just doing like digital die cuts and washi that they can just reuse and they write on it with their pen and everything. Oh. But I don't want that either. It's like, I want them both. So what I was thinking would be cool is like, let's say you do take a picture, like even an sure. Evernote or something. And then be able to like have a field or something, even by touch screen, where you could touch on that doctor's appointment stethoscope sticker or whatever you put down. Set a digital reminder or and something. And then set an alarm. You know what I mean? Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Anyway, that's what I'd like to see someday happen. Um, anyway, all right. So now I get a kind of background of work life for you, but you're more than just your work. You also like to get out in nature and go hiking and backpacking and a myriad of other things. But I thought this would be a good time to play list it because I want to see how many backpacking meals you can list within 20 seconds. Okay. So like backpacking meals I make myself or like the freeze dried kind. I mean, if you literally, literally want to say like chili mac, <laughs> you can. <laughs> or if you want to, you know, give me the whatever you can fit into 20 seconds, right. you can. Um, okay, so I'm going to pull up my timer. See, I, I'm so I'm so nice on you. I'm giving you extra seconds, I think. Okay. In 20 seconds, how many backpacking meals can you list ready set go all right well eggs ramen noodles or ramen noodles uh chili a shepherd's pie a variety of tortillas bread uh summer sausage cheese uh you know pita sandwiches granola bars trail mix <laughs> there you go you're out <laughs> A variety of tortillas. <laughs> I have whole wheat tortillas. I have corn wow. tortillas. Flour tortillas. Eight inch ones, six inch ones. 
Oh, I guess they pack well, right? Yep. They're flat. Dense. That's awesome. Yeah. Now, those are all pretty basic foods. I know that you have a little bit more gourmet side to you as well. Even the company, I always want to say Pocket Gourmet. Oh, it's gourmet. Packet Gourmet. P-A-C-K, as in like a backpack. Packet Gourmet. Oh. They are the best, like freeze-dried, pre-prepared meals that money can buy, in my opinion. Right, and so you save those for special occasions when you're feeling fancy yeah, in the woods. Often. Okay, so let's talk about nature for a while. Okay. Why is being in the outdoors important to you? Oh, these are some tough questions. <laughs> I know they were. <laughs> I didn't prep you for these. Or we could say. Um, That's all right. I think, well, for me, number one is being outside in what I perceive as just this enormous, you know, wilderness. It just makes you feel small a little bit. And I actually like that because it's a way for me to feel uh, connected to my creator. So oftentimes nature just reminds me of, of just how insignificant I personally am in this giant world and how there is, you know, I guess I believe that there's a God out there who's created everything around. And it's just, it's really cool. I don't know. There's a, there's, there's a part of that. Um, also just, it's beautiful. It's, it's so creative, you know, the different types of trees, plants, rocks, you know, water. It, it just is, I, I, I find an immense amount of beauty in the nature and I just love the smells, the sounds, the quiet. That's just a chance to recharge, I guess, as a, introverted primarily introverted person it's a great place to get away and recharge yeah with your tortillas <laughs> <laughs> it's me the smell of fresh pine and my tortilla platter so good oh awesome so you actually do make lists of places that you have been for camping as well as these backpack mm -hmm. meals things that's worked and not worked are you building i'm trying to think back are you building them just in an evernote list somewhere do you write them down how do you catalog campsites places you've been and how do you make your plans for the camping coming in your future sure there's a couple of different things um i'm a huge fan of evernote uh, which is a it's, a, it's a application for just capturing ideas pretty much. And you can type notes, you can upload pictures, you can record audio. I mean, pretty much any type of media you can, you know, screenshot your computer, put it in there. Um, you can take pictures of, you know, of actual handwritten stuff and we'll convert that. Um, so it's just a great tool to capture basically anything. And then, of course, it synchronizes between your computer and your phone and the web, all the stuff. So I use that for, for ultimately, like, long-term storage of all kinds of things that are important to me. But as far as what you just asked, um, keeping track of campsites that I liked or didn't like, or if I wander past something I want to check out, you know, I'll snap a picture. I keep all of that in, a, in an Evernote 
note, essentially. Um, and, and part of the reason for that is because, again, I have my phone with me almost all the time, including camping, because it also serves as my camera and oftentimes GPS. And so I can take pictures, I can write things down in Evernote on my phone, and it will save it. And then as soon as I get into an area that has signal, it will synchronize it to the cloud, backs it up for me. And so I, I kind of always have those notes wherever I am, which is nice. Where if you have a notebook or something, I mean, I'll bring a notebook often with. But if you lose it, if you fall in the water, I mean, it can get ruined uh, pretty quickly. Do you have a special notebook? Like they, I saw one at the Duluth Pack Trading Company. No, it's called Duluth Pack Trading Company. It's like a field notes. Yeah, they have those. Uh, I do not have a- one, but... I've seen them. They're kind of like, they're meant to be, well, I guess, depending on what you're talking about, I think I've seen some that are almost kind of like a waterproof or water-resistant thing. I don't have that. I think there's two different things. I think Field Notes is a size of like a traveler's notebook. I have one of those that I bring. Yeah. You do? Yeah. But you don't have like the little ones that are like, they're almost, not like wax paper, but they're like durable or something. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't have one of those. Do you ever see the need for them? There probably is. I've never, I mean, I don't, like I said, I bring it like the traveler's notebook that you said, but mm-hmm. I don't use it. I, fi- I find that if I did use it, it would primarily be for maybe sketching or drawing something that's like maybe harder to do on a phone or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I mean, I just I, ultimately I prefer for just capturing quick stuff and pictures like the digital format still just works better for me especially in those scenarios. However, I think being in those potentially high-risk wilderness situations, it is good to have pencil and paper with you. Yeah, well, that's partly why I do bring it as a backup. You know, also, I mean, you know, bad things can happen, so you could use it for fire, you know. Toilet paper. Toilet paper, seriously. Or leaving breadcrumbs for someone to find me. (laughs) No, you have plenty of tortillas for that. You'll leave a tortilla trail. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, I'm also just pulling you to see what stocking stuffer you could get I, next year. <laughs> I see what you're doing. I want a scale of one to ten. I see what you're doing. No, it sounds like you have a good setup. So. Okay, just out of curiosity, what has been your favorite place or one of your highlights of your camping trips? Oh, boy. That's a hard one. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> I thought it was going to be hard. You just want to be fair to all the other campsites. Yeah. You don't want to hurt their feelings in case they're listening to this. Actually, podcast. my favorite thing, our favorite place, favorite trip I've ever done relative to camping was um, a couple of years ago, actually with the two guys that I'm doing this, you know, workout challenge with. Um, we met out in California and went to uh, the Emigrant Wilderness, which is sort of attached to Yosemite, but it's kind of a northern part of that park. It's a, you know, it's a different, technically different park, but um, it was amazing. Just we went on a, on a hike up into uh, the Kennedy Meadows up there and around 8,000 feet. And it's just, it's unbelievably gorgeous. And it was such a good time. Yeah, I can see that. It's pretty epic. But in our own state, would you say you prefer the Boundary Waters to like state campgrounds? Or is this just two different, like two different mentalities? Between that and like what the, what I just described? No, like if you were to say just in, like just in, in Minnesota. 
Yeah, I would probably prefer the Boundary Waters. Yeah, the st- state campgrounds are really difficult because <laughs> we we actually talk about this for once in a while. Camping <laughs> means something yeah. very it's different for me. <laughs> no, it's camping when you go. No, it's not camping. It's like, oh my gosh. Are you There's a seriously the big difference to me between like what I would say is car camping and mm-hmm. camping, right? And oftentimes state parks are much more suited for car campers where you're bringing everything with you. You're sleeping in a tent. Usually you're 20 feet or less from somebody else. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's a, it's fun, but it's not kind of that solitude, get out and in commune with nature type experience where the boundary waters is absolutely like that. It's, it's, it's pristine and it's far, far from anybody <laughs> anywhere. And that's where you get a lot of your really nice photographs too. Cause the lighting's really good. It's really like at yeah. night. Amazing stars. sunsets, stars, yeah, lakes, lots of lots of cool opportunities. How often are you posting those on Instagram? Can I say are you like gonna How often? <laughs> I mean, do you want me to tell you what your Instagram handle is? So people uh, can go check I don't, out your Yeah, I don't mind, but I don't I don't I'm not like a big social media um participator i guess i would consume more than i put out (laughs) (laughs) oh dude laughing Laughing at my own stupid joke (laughs) i don't post that often um i you know part of that is just because i don't want to i don't like posting just like the everyday normal stuff so i kind of use it as more of a photography thing you know where it's like a good Mm -hmm. photo or something that i really appreciate and i don't get a chance to take those often so i only put them put them up every handful of times a year probably i feel like you do take those pictures more than you think you just don't think oh this one's epic like if your everyday could be like an epic thing you just you don't you don't realize it. that's so, possible yeah it, it is very possible so anyways it's what is your instagram <laughs> I think I follow you. That's just Pete McW. Just at Pete McW. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. But it seemed too easy. Nope. That's me. Awesome. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit. Nope. That's dumb. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how to transition, babe. I'm just like, and next. Okay. Well, let's play top three. Okay. Okay. I need to get my my papers. All right. The first category is Kickstarter products you've invested in. Oh boy, there's been a few. <laughs> top three. Well, I guess you could either say the top three ones that that were that sucked, or the top three ones you <laughs> Well, <laughs> I don't know if you want to. I throw only do stuff that I like. So, all right, I got top three for you. Uh, one of them is the foot hammock. <laughs> yeah, it's basically think like a hammock, but it attaches under your desk, so you can have your mm-hmm. you can hang your feet in it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and different than a banana hammock. Oh, very much so. Yeah. Okay, foot hammock. <laughs> foot hammock. <laughs> okay. uh, another one is something called the uh, biblioteca. The library. Well, sure. 
but that's the only thing I remember from tenth grade Spanish. Donde está la biblioteca? Yeah. Well, what this one is is it's a uh, it's a five book set of the Bible, but it's a handcrafted it's a handcrafted piece where the 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 gentleman who made it basically removed all of the the stuff that's been added over time. So chapters, verses, you know, little headings and stuff. And so you're left with the pure text. And so it, it reads like a storybook. Uh, and, and then it's just, it's a hand cloth, handcrafted, beautiful thing. Yeah, that is beautiful. It comes in, um, what, it's like a cloth binding yeah. and everything. It's very cool. Okay, and one more? Last one is uh, what is called the Stag EKG. You're very familiar with this product. It is our um, electric kettle. Oh, I use it every day. <laughs> I use it every day. Yeah, so it's an electric pour-over kettle. And what really makes this thing different is the, the base, the electric heating base that allows you to dial in the temperature to the exact degree. It will hold temperature at that level. And you can, it does countdown timers. It's really made for coffee lovers, tea lovers, I suppose. It's awesome. We use it every day. Okay, next category. Podcasts. And no, you don't have to say this one, because I know you don't listen. <laughs> hey, sometimes. sometimes. So my top three? Boy. All right, I'll give you... Or, you know what? Top three is hard. Just like any three. Yeah. Some people just they can't do the favorite thing. It's like too It's hard. too hard. So I'll give you a couple. One, one that... Okay, one that I'm listening to a ton right now because it's hilarious. It's called The Bible Binge. <laughs> and it is a, it's two co-hosts who are uh, very, they're, co- I don't know, they're comedic geniuses together, I think. Yeah, they're students of pop culture. Exactly. They, it's a very informal, pop culture infused telling of some common Bible stories. And it's just hilarious. So check that out. Um, another one that I really like, actually, I never, so I never thought I would like this one, but I really like it. And it's the Joe Rogan podcast, or I guess it's called the Joe Rogan experience. And if, for those of you who don't know who Joe Rogan is, he is, he, he was the, uh, the fear factor host way back when, um, he's a comedian. He was big into MMA, uh, which is basically fighting. Um, anyway, he, so it's just a very, uh, interesting gentleman, but he is a great interviewer. He has people from every possible walk of life on his podcast, you know, from actual fighters to doctors to comedians. I mean, just yeah, Elon Musk, Elon Musk is on there, you know, philosophy folks, um, you know, just everybody and everything. And he's very good at interviewing folks and listening when he needs to listen, asking questions when he needs to listen. Um, he seems to be very fair in the sense that he's got people from all political walks, you know, and anyway, it can get colorful, but it's pretty good. Um, another one that I like, let's see, what, what would be a great one? What about, I don't know, we, you kind of had like a moment for true crime. Are you still into that? Or did you move on? Oh, those are great. The, the, the problem was that they're relatively short so it's like a series and there's not many of them that I've run into that are really good anyway that 
are sort of long term. Um, well, so one that I don't listen to a, a lot anymore, but is just a very high quality is um, is the Radio Lab, and that is a podcast. That, if you've ever heard of This American Life, it's very in, it's very similar in that vein. Anyway, just very high quality, um, very well done, very interesting stories. So check that one out too. Okay, last category. Oh, ways to show love or feel love. Figured I'd throw that one in there since it is Valentine's. Sure. Well, my primary love language is physical touch. So, I mean, I would never turn down back rubs, um, even just a hand on my shoulder, you know, like a that kind of stuff. Um, so it doesn't mean total pervy stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But that's good. But it doesn't exclude no, it. But that's good too. <laughs> so that's that's a, a, my primary way. Um, I mean, other ways. I mean, I just I think it's important with all your relationships, honestly. To if you know, as you really care for this particular person, is just paying attention to the things that they like and the things that cause them, you know, sort of issues or pain. And um, I'm not particularly great at it. But it's a, I think a great way to show love to somebody is, is to, you know, whether it's a gift or, you know, a letter or just, a, you know, the right words at just an unexpected time. I think that's a, a great way to do it. And um, there's a lot of other ones, of course. I don't know. I'm not real romantic, so that's... <laughs> <laughs> You are, but it's in a different way. Well, what's what's one of the way? What's a different way that I that you're romantic? Sure. Well, I don't know. Maybe we're just a good team because I that's I feel your love. So like right before this recording, and for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you may have heard me talk about wanting to improve my sound quality for the podcast, and one of the ways is to get a better recording file type. Well, the program I use is a monthly subscription to get that better type versus the free one. Of course, you pay for what you get or you get what you pay for. And so we're like, okay, I made a little bit of coin on the podcast ad. Let's take some of that out and pay for the monthly subscription for the month, which would be like about $20. So he's like, all right. And he put in the information to, to get it. And he just happened to be helping me. That's why. And then all of a sudden I get this notification that says you have um, this upgraded service for a year. And I just looked across the room at you and I was like, no, like I, no, seriously, I was like, I think you hit the wrong button. <laughs> like, you might want to cancel that. Um, whoops. And then you're like, what? No, this is, I believe in you. And I, you know, the, knowing that this will make my every week a better experience for me knowing what I guess quote unquote hurts me you know my pressure points in life and to alleviate that for me and to make that more smooth for me you know I mean sitting in front of my computer typing in your debit card you know may not be like wow that was that was so romantic <laughs> but to me that was like it was a nice gesture and I mean that's that's gonna that's gonna win me over over perfumed candles Sure. Any day. 
but I guess that's because we know each other and so we can meet each other's needs in that way. So there you go. Good. All right. Well, speaking of money, my transitions are just getting better and better. (laughs) (laughs) You are also our financial planner. I'm your co pilot, if you will, co-planner as far as planning goes, but you are doing the nitty gritty uh, bill paying and budget spreads and and things like that. Although we uh, share money and we talk about our priorities and we can compromise and make shifts as a married couple, this has predominantly fallen on you with at least the last 10 years for sure um, since the twins were born. So can you expand on that? Budgeting in a planning community is like a whole subculture. Sure. Um, I've had several people on um, who specialize in that kind of thing. And although it's not rocket science, sometimes just hearing someone's perspective and story on how they do it just encourages someone else listening to either learn more about it that they've never heard about it before or just to keep going um, and edify their decision to, to do this. So um, all that preamble to say, will you tell us about, I guess, your experience um, running a household with all that money? <laughs> with all that money. <laughs> oh, what, what household are you so talking you about? Di- <laughs> <laughs> so when you dive off your diving board into the coins with screws oh, right. like, how does it feel? Yeah. How does it feel? Uh, I don't know. With Dave, yeah, Ram- sure. done Dave Ramsey in the past and stuff like that. Like okay. apps or wh- however you want to answer that. Well, I think the the whole entire point of a budget is that a budget is a, a plan, right? And there's a ton of different ways to do that and systems and tools. And, you know, again, this is a sort of a reoccurring thing for me is uh, it has to be easy and it has to fit with your particular circumstances. Otherwise, it's gonna. I don't think it's going to work long term. So yeah, you've mentioned Dave Ramsey. We've done his program, or or that's roughly the the program we would subscribe to. Um, but we don't do it exactly, and and we have to make our own tweaks to that so that it's so that it's usable. So I, really, for for us, um, one of the one of the best tools ever that had made that has made budgeting a success for me and for us is actually changing our bank. And so we changed our bank from using sort of, you know, whether it's a local bank or like a Wells Fargo US bank. Yeah, brick and mortar basically. Yeah, uh, we changed to using an online bank and the one we use is called Simple, simple simple.com. There's there's your ad, Jessica. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway. Hashtag not sponsored. That's right. Okay. Uh, But simple.com has been absolutely amazing for us and and really for me the key feature that they offer is that you can you can do um, essentially the envelope model where you would you know put money in an envelope and you only spend out of that envelope but you can do it in a digital way and as you maybe have heard from this podcast so far is that digital is is my jam i guess but also again it's easy and so rather than having all of our money in one account that's a that's one number and then you have to have a spreadsheet or a notebook or somewhere else where you are sort of dispensing that into different categories so 
you know, this rent is here or mortgage or a car payment or groceries. That seemed, that was always difficult. It's, it was multiple things you had to keep track of. With simple, you know, paycheck goes into the bank and I can basically take that money, put it into digital envelopes. And so the money's all there in one spot. But they, there's a layer of software essentially over the top of it that makes it look like I don't have any money because it's all in these different envelopes. And so then when I go and we buy gas for the car, I, I say, okay, spend it out of this envelope, essentially. And so I can do a Dave Ramsey style sort of zero-based budget envelopes and stuff, but I don't have to have it all in cash. And I, and, and it just it, I, I can even automate that population of those envelopes every month so it's it really takes a lot of the actual work out of you know sitting down every month and doing a budget so that's been huge um another big thing is honestly i just we we went through what i i, I won't lie was honest painstaking process of sort of just struggling through a full entire year of just making things work but then every month keeping track of all the little things that we spent money on you know, everything from, you know, buying new packs of batteries to, um, you know, of course, your monthly expenses, groceries, clothing, but then, you know, random things like one year, every year, you know, you might get a single like charge. Valentine's. Yeah, Valentine's Day or. Yeah, we need some cards and the kids need them for their classmates mm-hmm. and you know, special. Yeah. Or you mentioned that in my gaming headphones. So every, every year I'll, I'll buy a subscription to like playstation network for instance and that's you know a one-time fee once a year so you had to have to go through that through an entire year or at least i felt like i did to to sort of have a full picture of all the things that are demanding my money and then what was great is that just over time sort of after i had you know documented all of those things you know you can start to make a plan and really again that's what a budget is is a plan and we make, I make a different budget literally every month. You know, most months, 90% of that is the same and it makes it easy. But every month there's flexibility, you know, like there's Valentine's Day this month. There's not next month. So whatever we spend on Valentine's things this month, I'm not spending that on Valentine's next month. So now I have to figure out what to do with that next month. And so there's, there's a, you know, there's always some juggling every month, you know, what, you know, a little rob uh, Peter to pay Paul type of situation. Um, but it works because I'm telling my money where I want it to go every month versus the other way around. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. How many envelopes do you have? If you were to guess, looks like you don't know for sure. Uh, right now it's probably in the, uh, like low twenties. Okay. I was going to guess like 30. Yeah. It's probably low 20s, and part of that is is that I a number of things are collapsed into one. So as an example, I have an envelope that, that I just call like online services. And so all kinds of stuff goes in there. So we have Netflix like many people do. So, you know, Netflix goes in that um, envelope. Um, there's a couple of work-related online services that I'll spend money on. You know, we we, we pay for google drive you know to like back stuff up or whatever so i mean there's all kinds of things so there's probably you know 10 or 15 things that go into that envelope every month and some of those are annual 
you know, things. So, you know, it would essentially act like a sinking fund. So I would save $10 a month every month. And then once a year, I'd pay, you know, $120 or something. Um, so that's how you can get away with having fewer envelopes consolidating like things. But really, you do break it down for everything. Yeah. Well, even I started doing that. Um, I've told my listeners before this past year has been an experiment for me to take over part of the budget, which is homeschool. And I started out with just homeschool fund. Mm -hmm. And I think now I have six to eight, depending. Um, well, that's a good example, though, because I have one envelope that's homeschool that has all of that money in it. But then you, you using your system that makes sense for you, have, you know, the six or eight, you know, broken down things that you're managing. But I, I don't, I don't care about that. So I don't have that all six of those separate in, in the account. Whereas that helps me plan even what I do in the homeschool. So like I know annual testing comes yeah. up in May. If I just see that number and they're like, oh, I have 200 bucks. We can go on that field trip. And it's like, well, by May, you're going to need 200 bucks. Right. So maybe you don't actually have that for the field right. trip. Right. And now. that's, I mean, that's a great reason why I like simple or why I like rather the envelope system probably is that, you know, if I, if I was to get paid a thousand dollars for something and I put that in my account, it's really easy to look at that a thousand dollars and say, Oh, I've got all this money. I need, I can buy, you know, the new shoes that I want and I could go buy all those packet gourmet camping meals or something. Or the stick of books. Right. Or yeah. Yeah. Pens and stuff. <laughs> But then, you know, forgetting that literally next week I owe six months in car insurance or something. So if I instead put that money into those various envelopes and it says, you know, my bank account says I have two dollars. Well, OK, I can't go buy shoes and washi and pens because I only have two dollars. But in reality, you know, I have an envelope over there that's got six hundred dollars for my car insurance. So I'm covered. Mm -hmm. Well, and um, conversely, it actually, when you do have money in like the packet gourmet envelope, mm -hmm. it's exciting to buy it. Yeah. I mean, exciting, mate. I don't know. Well, it's satisfying or it's peaceful or it's rewarding right. in some way. Well, a great example of that one is, is clothing, right? So every month I will save some amount of money for clothing. And as your, your tribe here knows, probably you've got four kids, right? So mm -hmm. it used to be before we did that, you know, our kids would be growing and every other every other week, it seems like they needed new <laughs> shoes or a pair of pants. And it was super stressful because they're like, oh, no, I have to, you know, where am I going to get this money? Well, turns out in reality, we weren't really spending that much on clothes, you know, in one. It just felt like it because we didn't have a plan. We didn't know. So instead, I started putting money in that envelope. And now. If the kids need something or if you and I need something, there's no guilt or anything because you have an envelope that's got money in it and I don't have to feel guilty like, oh, I need a new pair of shoes. O okay, there's money. I don't know to buy some shoes and I don't have to feel guilty, even though on the other hand, I don't have any money to buy washi tape or <laughs> whatever. Um, you know, so it's it's it, it just eliminates some of that shame of or, or not really shame, but the the guilty feeling that you can get from like, like needing to buy something and not really knowing if you should spend your money on that. If you've, 
kind of put it away and earmarked it or planned for it to be on that particular item, you can feel free to buy it whenever you want and not worry about it. Is there anything that you would like to mention that I haven't asked you? I don't think so. I think this is, I'm glad you're doing this. It's fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's kind of a fun date. I feel like, you know, like it's a, like a dating app where you have to like have like a round of questions or something and interview something. But we have known each other for 20 years. Yeah. A fun date with like a half a second audio delay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love you, honey. Okay. All right, and that's another episode of Planner Lifestyle Podcast. Happy Valentine's Day, or I hope you had a happy Valentine's Day yesterday. You are loved, and thanks for being a part of the Planner Lifestyle Podcast community. See you next time. All right, well, thanks for... (laughs) I know, I'm so exciting. I am the most engaging guest you have ever had on this podcast. Guest with me today, and it is my husband, Peter. Oh, hi. (laughs) I'm so used to doing my intro, just a separate little thing.